If you want to be great, then brace and understand the closest in your life might hate. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And when your status elevates, then they will stop enough to just to see you great. But that's okay. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. For those of you who are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're on every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, coming to you from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, despite what you heard, we still take great pride in this wonderful and uh, beautiful city. So you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And while you're in the following mood, make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast. You will find us wherever you get your podcast. So if that's iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. So make sure you're subscribed. Last but not least, for those of you who may not want to DM or post on our Facebook page or uh, tweet at us, you can just make an old-fashioned phone call, right? So you can get at us at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. All right, Radio Sound family, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to get right into it. We are pleased to have on the line with us a creative force, Brother Khalil Ismail. Uh, he is a creative director and award-winning uh, independent artist, producer. Matter of fact, that was him you heard. That was our intro, right? We're listening to Khalil Ismail. Uh, he's the founder and manager of KI Creative Studios, which recently launched its new film directing component. Uh, born in Washington, D.C., raised in Baltimore, Maryland, Khalil was inspired from childhood to use creativity and grassroots initiatives to address the often harsh realities of life. The solution-driven vision continues to inspire his conscious music and community service work. We welcome him to the Radio Sound family. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. It is a pleasure to have you on. Um, Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. So you cover you cover a lot of ground. Um, you have diverse uh, interests and expressions as an artist, from uh, fr from from hip hop to directing uh, uh, documentaries, uh, short films. Um, right. I'd like to, I'll take it this way. I'm sure, I know that there are plenty of folks who are, um, who, who know about you as an artist, but for those folks who may just be, this may be their first uh, introduction to Khalil Ismail. Um, talk to us a bit about your beginnings, uh, overall beginnings as an artist. Okay. Um, so I started out really being an artist by accident. Um, Oh, wow. That's not something I really uh, inspired to be growing um, but I was always a fan of art, of good art. I was always into movies and and you know I, I love music, especially conscious music and that type of thing. So mm -hmm. you know um, I remember always listening to like soundtracks from film and, and and like analyzing like how it made me feel and that type of thing. So I always kind of had this you know a special interest in in how the media affected me. Um, you know, and other people in general. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but, you know, I was, you know, going to school to be a, do computer science, and I was also trying to be an athlete. So <laughs> that's how I got started. But what happened was I was, when I was homeschooled, I, I had a computer. And um, 
I got a computer when I was like in high school, and because I was homeschooled, I had a lot of time to play with that computer. So I started learning like how to do certain things, hmm. such as learning how to record myself, learning how to uh, make websites and that type of thing, yeah. um, and learning how to do video. And that and that uh, that showed me how much I actually really love to create. Right. Um, um, and then from there on, um, I you know I was doing it as a hobby, and then you know was I I remember getting laid off from my job and that was the day that I started to take it seriously. It was like probably like a month before I, was, I had my um, firstborn child. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so I decided I wanted to do something, you know, I actually wanted to try, you know, my hand. A lot of people told me I was talented from the things I had done before. Mm-hmm. And so it started, it started there, you know, and I started doing everything. You know, I was I was always like an entrepreneur. I always had an entrepreneur in mind in that, like, when I was in college, I remember, like, going around with video and filming people and then selling the tape. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when I was selling tape, at that time, it was still, they were just transitioning from to, to DVD, right? Right. So, <laughs> so we used to sell the videotape and that type of thing. So, um, so I always had this kind of entrepreneurial mind that goes along with, that went along with um, the, 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 um, the need to, to create. Right. And so, you know, alhamdulillah, I've been able to combine that today and, you know, pretty much all I do. Did you? Well, alhamdulillah, indeed. Uh, praise be to praise be to God. Uh, the so do you feel as, as a creator, right, um, as yeah. a creative individual, did you start out feeling that you were trying to give something that was in opposition um, to the mainstream or influenced by the mainstream just with a different kind of a different uh, take on it? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to, I definitely had in mind to give an alternative because to be honest, growing up, I, I listened mainly to mainstream, you know, stuff musically, specifically, I listened to a lot of mainstream stuff. I listened to a lot of hardcore hip hop, a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. quite honestly, parents would be upset about, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? When I was growing up mm-hmm. and, um, alhamdulillah, again, I had guided because I had the guidance from my parents. I could tell that I knew the difference between what was right and wrong. So right. even though I enjoyed that stuff, I knew that I couldn't do it. I knew that right. if I, when, when I started, I, said, I knew I had a higher responsibility. And one of the things about me, I've always been a person who is, who is uh, whenever I can remember being a little boy and being concerned with the state of, our, of, of human beings, mm. the state of poor people, plight of women, that type of thing. It's always been something that, that it's always been bothered. Injustice has always bothered me since I was a kid. Right. You know, I've always, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be, I've always been the mediator in certain situations amongst my, my peers. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of translated. That just kind of, my personality was already that. So that kind of just came out in the art. Right, right. Now, as as a lyricist, and I got to give you, uh, you know, just just big ups uh, as as a lyricist because I, I grew up as a, you know, and I mean I still listen, right? But as a as a right. fan of what I feel like is the um, hip hop at its at its finest, it was really about storytelling. It was about lyrics. It was about social critique. Um, right. And I felt I feel like your your work is is in that vein definitely. Um, right. So who were the who were the the, the people, uh, if they are and if they are folks that you can point to directly, that that influenced your storytelling um, style? Um, I would say Tupac was a really big influence when I was younger. Yeah. Um, Lauren Hill is a really big influence as a young when I was younger, and. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, even Brother Ali um, influenced mm. me a lot. You know, I, I when I before I was doing stuff, I was listening to Brother Ali, and Brother Ali 
and the way he did things, I really liked it, you know, and so that influenced me a lot. So I think, you know, those people. And then, you know, even singing-wise, John Legend was a big influence on me. You know, I really like, you know, he always has some stuff where he, you know, he does some social critique stuff. So, right. you know. Yeah, and I, I got it. And I got to say, because I'm glad you mentioned as as a singer as well, because you're not just, you know, you're not you're not just spitting, right? You're not just rapping. Right. You're also right. singing. <laughs> so, right, 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 yeah. Now, that was from the, was that from the outset? Was that a decision that you, you decided um, just kind of coming in that I'm going to use both of these, um, uh, both of these elements? Or was that something that you kind of had to talk yourself into? No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't start out. I, start, I started out just being an MC, period, right? right? But then, you know, every once in a while, like, I mean, I, but I've been, I was influenced so much by the miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Yeah, yeah. It made me think, like, you know, and then, you know, at first I really, I wasn't that good a singer, but I kept practicing, and I found out I had a humble, I was blessed with a voice. Yeah. And so as I've, I've become more comfortable with my voice, I started to sing more and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, you know, and, and because I had the, that, because I'm blessed with that, I want to use it. I intend to use it even more and more because I also want to, you know, I want to be a person who competes with the mainstream. Like, I'm not, like, a lot of times, I find like a lot of music, especially from what Muslims do mm-hmm. when they're in a the community, you know, you're not really trying to compete with the best. And I, I'm really trying to compete with the best. Like I want to, I want to sing just as good as anybody out there. Right. Or if I'm going to do it, if I want to rap, I'm going to rap. I want to rap as good as anybody out there, whether they see me as that way or not, you know, cause a lot of that has to do with marketing and stuff, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to compete and be excellent, you know, because, you know, that's, I think that's what you have to do to affect people. You know, I think that that is a, a growing, I, I shouldn't say growing, but I feel like it's much more present as, as an ethos, as a, you it know, is. as a mindset among yeah. Muslim artists. Yeah. Uh, whereas before it was kind of like the kid or, or the guy, like I remember Showtime at the Apollo and you'd right. have somebody get up and they would sing a gospel. And that was like the only way that a person didn't get booed, even if they just, you know, even if they was just whack, you right. know. Um, right, 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 right. So yeah, so you you have you have artists kind of thinking the same way. I'm Muslim as long as I'm singing about something related to you know to the Prophet, you know, peace and prayers be upon him, or I'm right. talking about Allah, then people, you know, I'll get an, I'll get a, uh, some applause. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, so that's yeah. that's really good to see that 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 type of uh, that thinking, right? This drive to give a quality product. Yeah. Um, so talk just a little a little bit because you've done you've done a number of collaborations right you, you've traveled uh-huh. you know around the world um what are the collaborations that mean the most to you and i'm gonna give you a second layer to that do these collaborations are they a sign for are they are they are these intentional like is there a message for the broader community in some of the because because your collaborations they they, they they've um uh, gone beyond. They're not just you know. I'm collaborating with another African American Muslim. I'm you collaborating right. you know across the spectrum. Right, right, right. It's not um, honestly. I don't. I won't say it's intentional. It's where Allah has guided me, man. I, 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 I consider myself fortunate in that. You know, I just go out and try to do the best I can, and then I'm put in a position where I'm able to, you know, be work with people who you know from different places. So. Like, for example, you know, you have Zane, right. Zane Vigo, who's, like, in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying? I just happened to be, you know, doing some stir- stuff in UK, and we were doing, like, a jam session. Mm-hmm. And you heard me rap, and, you know, people don't... You, if you heard Zane Vigo from the outset, you would never think he was into any type of rap or stuff. But 
This cat used to listen to NWA and all and everything. Cause he, <laughs> you would never think it if you heard him because you know he's super like like machine like stuff, right? <laughs> right. Voice only, right? But <laughs> but he was influenced a lot by hip hop and African American hip hop, and people got to remember he remembers the apartheid, and and, yes. and a lot of our music was like a soundtrack to that revolution, mm. and so. Like, you know, him hearing me and then hearing me like being a Muslim, but then having like, but being able to spit like mm-hmm. bar, like being able to have bars. Like he was, he was like, man, I gotta, gotta, we gotta work. Right. I was like, hey man. And I'm, I'm very open-minded when it comes to that thing. So that's like, so I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I just, what I, I try to take, I, I look at it more as a blessing and a mercy. And it's just like, um, why not? Like if, you know, especially if it's, if it's cool and, you know, I got a chance to work with like the Lion King singers and stuff like that. So, mm. you know what I mean? So. Um, you know, for me, no, it's really been more of my journey and me just allowing it to, to take its shape, you know, to a, to a large extent. Um, and then, you know, I, I can't say much more than that when it comes to the collaboration piece. Right, right. But um, as, a, as a writer, yeah. uh, and, and this is the thing that there, <laughs> we, there may be questions about uh, Drake or any other, <laughs> other well-known rapper we point to with this idea uh-huh. of ghostwriting, right? But yeah, yeah. that's never that's never been a that's never <laughs> been a concern or question or doubt when it comes right. to Khalil Ismail. Right. Right, right, right. So <laughs> <laughs> Right, true. <laughs> right. So what do what do you think do you think that there is something missing in terms of the approach and 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 then also yeah, I'll just stop right there because I don't want to throw too many questions. Do you think there's something missing? And in the uh, approach, and, and even within the respect for the, the craft, you know, to call yourself MC, um, that you know, that's it's just not there today. Um, that you know, we associate that with the the generation before. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a, even a pride, an aspect of pride, especially when it comes to hip hop, writing your lyrics and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I think there's, I think there's a genuineness that's gone, like, like before. Like it was about being yourself. It was about, it was about writing what you went through, and it was about reflecting the time as opposed to what can I do to make uh, to resonate with people to make money. Right, right. And I think like, and I think the different, our main difference now is that there's there's actually always been people who kind of had honestly, there've always been some people mm-hmm. who kind of had the mindset of okay, you know what, you know, this isn't really genuine here, but. But the difference is now there's no balance, especially in, on the hip hop spectrum. Right. From a mainstream perspective, mm-hmm. we don't find the same balance. Whereas before, like okay, you could see different types of artists in the mainstream. So therefore, you if, if you resonated with a Nas, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Nas was more he was going to be more pure lyrics and that type of thing. Right. But if you resonated with a DOS effect or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Not so much. Mm-hmm. Now everyone wants to sound the same. Everyone feels like there's a formula. You know, and this is what we got to do. And then, like, I, and then, like, yeah, I, I come from definitely more the old school. We got to write our stuff, man. Like, right. we got to, <laughs> we got to, we got to write our stuff because that means it's us. That means it's coming from us. Yeah. You know. So. And I, speaking of that, right? Because you know, we mentioned that in in the in, at the inception of hip hop, it was it was about social critique. You know, I mean, right. of course, there's always been that party element. You know, as a part right. of the music, and and I think that's healthy, right? It it it, it should be. Uh, shades of expression you know th- that we have right but that element of social critique was there so when i th- when i think about what it means for 
for for an MC for, for a lyricist, right? Somebody to write something that reflects where they come from, but also shows huh? a doorway out, right? A show, right, right. And, and, you know, it makes me think about Tupac and you know, keep right, that whole thing. Keep your head up, right? Right, 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 right. Whereas now there is a tendency to simply reflect the negative aspects, right? But there's not a way out, right? Right, right, right. right. So. Yeah. For you, is that something that is um, that that's a conscious, uh, um, you know, that's something that's in your in your mind when you're writing to not just talk about the negative, but to talk about how to move forward. Very, very. That part is very conscious. Yeah, it's very conscious. I always feel like I have to, I have to, as a responsibility, have something that had, that moves towards a solution, even if it's talking about an issue that moves towards a solution and moves towards the way out, just so that you know that it can be a purpose for it. Because, you know, you can get into glorifying the negative. I mean, let's be real about media. We're talking about media. Right. At the end of the day, what media, one of the main, main uh, aspects or features of American culture when it comes to media is the ability to use the negative in people's lives to make money. Like, yeah. like that goes beyond the spectrum of hip-hop. All you got to do is just look at the news. All you got to do is look at various different ways that people do media. Look at all of the... Uh, the random reality shows work. What happens is they're sitting there showing a problem and an issue, and we love to look at negativity and drama. It's something about that that entertains us. Yeah. And people know that. And so they use that to their – and a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, um, they use it purposefully to keep people's minds back in a certain way. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? So I, in that way, yeah, absolutely. I definitely make a conscious effort to try to move something back towards – Positivity, and I actually, in a way, you know, I do like, um, like I, I said, I do like regular hip hop conscious music, mm-hmm. and I have albums of that, and then I have literally like Islam themed albums, and I did that on purpose. I made them separate mm-hmm. because, um, you know, like for example, I do shows, I, I do shows for both audiences and that type of thing. Right. So, you know, um, those those who are, you know, who maybe not familiar as familiar with, who are not as familiar with Islam, but consciousness. Mm-hmm. in general resonates with them you know it's something that they get that will speak a little bit more of their language but then if they want to they can listen to the more slam thing and what i found is it's the people who are not muslim who listen to the more slam thing albums and think they're really deep yeah because they're not used to it you know what i'm saying and so um being a person who is who was brought up muslim and a person who believes that islam i believe fully that islam is a mercy to mankind was bought to be a mercy to mankind Mm-hmm. And it should produce Muslims who are productive in society outside of just uh, outside of just Muslims. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we internalize Islam correctly, our solutions are universal. Right, right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, and so that's what I try to. I try to be someone who, you know, it doesn't matter where I am, they can see truth. You know what I'm saying? And that's really the bottom line. So, right. Yeah. Well, as powerful as music is, talk, t- tell us a little bit. Give us a few um, comments, if you would. There's a lyric that you have that is stuck in my mind since the first time I heard it. Uh, uh-huh. Just because, I mean, it's just pure truth. Uh, even though we have a segment that doesn't, that feels like, um, well, I won't go, I'm going to go down the road. I'll just say the lyric is, music has the power to inspire new beliefs. Right. Right. Um, right. Talk to us. Talk to us a little bit uh, about that. And what was? Do you do you remember writing that line or when it came to you? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely remember that line. Yeah, that was on the song "Hip Hop" on the call before the storm. Yes. Uh, 
probably eight, nine years old now. Album is nine years old. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember writing that album. I mean, writing that as I was writing really an ode to hip hop. Really, that like I was writing a critique, actually partially about hip hop and well and where it was going. In that, yeah. You know, we had gotten to a place where you know hip hop started out as as a thing that um, inspired people and gave people a way out of some of the social ills, some of the social issues we were going through, some of the poverty we were going through. It was a way to express ourselves, you know, that we could own. Right. And, you know, by the time, you know, I'm writing that lyric, now we're generating billions of dollars, we're making money, but where are we going, right? Where are we going now? Now we have that. So, we, so you know, we got to the point where, you know, we, had, we, we rhymed about the drugs and the ills and that type of thing, and I ain't even saying stop that, but... Mm-hmm. How, how are we going to progress from here? And do you know that you actually have the power to do so? Just look at how many people converted to Islam just from hearing certain Islamic terms. Yep. You know what I'm saying? In lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, in the late 70s and 80s, you know, into the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so just hearing that made people go and research, oh, well, what does this mean? Oh, what does that mean? And, you know, and so, yeah, I, it's, it's proven. You know what I mean? There, there are many people like, my, my, one of my brother's um, white brother who does, like, Islamic nasheed, Dawood Hornsby, first time he heard about Islam was in, like, a hip-hop track. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right. And so hip-hop had this, has, this, has this way of, you know, has, has always had this way. And so I believe that, honestly, it's one of the reasons why mainstream has, why from an executive and from a corporate standpoint, why they're so intent on keeping it the way it is now. Because... They know that power. They know that, that, that power because hip-hop is not just music. It's also poetry. It's, yes. It's poetry and music combined. Mm-hmm. And that combination, now, you know, it is literally the number one seller in the world. Hip-hop is the number one export, music export in the world today. Right? right? <laughs> um, in the world today. So that power, it mm-hmm. literally changed, it, it literally ch- helped people ch- uplift their consciousness. Right. And if you we, know, so. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay, all right. Yeah, so just to finish off, yeah. so so there is an effort, there is a there is a concerted effort to make sure that our representation from a mainstream level mm-hmm. looks stupid, looks dumb, looks looks um, unintelligent. Right. You know what I'm saying? Looks classless, looks immoral. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why they do that, and I, and and me having traveled to many countries, I really saw that. Because when I went and I talked, and I used to, I would do workshops and use workshops, and I would talk to the kids about about what they liked and what they listened to. Right. And I remember listening, and, and all of them would name some mainstream rapper who was talking about nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. And then they hear me, and they're like, "Why?" Well, and they would literally tell me stuff like, "I didn't even know there was like intelligent rappers." Wow. Because to the world, see, when the the representation in the world, they only got to, they only got, they only got, um, you know, exposed to. A certain small, a narrow, uh, you know, a, a narrow uh, exposure of, of the of the wide swath of what hip hop. Because we know there's a lot of hip hop that's educational and all of that. Yeah. But that's not where the money is. That's not where the where the mainstream puts their money. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is they put you know uh, billions of dollars are spent every year in advertising, yeah. right, and, yeah. and promotions. And you think about it's not just it's not just hip hop that's being exported it is 
what that means we're talking about is culture and values Absolutely. that are being that are being exported and Absolutely. and and i also have to just add you know when we talk about the the um the presence of of, of islamic uh thought uh language um you know within hip-hop that i mean that's just an extension of the the presence of of, of muslims in jazz you know, true. which, true. you know, because a, a whole lot of what was sampled early on and continues to be sampled, you know, it came out them out the jazz crates. Right. You know, right. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So I, it's, it's critically important uh, to be aware, you know, as you are, as other artists are, that we're not just we're not just exporting, um, you know, uh, music. You know, we're ex- exporting uh, thoughts and, and values and, and, and culture. So, um it plays a role in how even people view us. And we got to remember, like, it's, it's, it is advantageous for, for, for example, white supremacy to see African, for African-Americans viewed mm-hmm. as undisciplined, as immoral, as not respecting their women, as all of these things. It's advantageous for them, for the world to see that. Because remember, mm-hmm. before we were exporting people who were saying fight the power. Right. You know? Right. And we were we were inspiring the world. We inspired like like I was telling you about Dane. Like literally, in South Africa, they're they're fighting apartheid, and and what we're producing is the soundtrack for their for their revolution. Yeah. And and what we don't realize as African Americans, like you said, it's bigger than hip hop. Is because they're actually exporting cult, the, our culture. They what what Allah has given us. What I have what I've really found is that Allah has given us through slavery, through all the pain that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. It's our voice, the way we walk, our style is literally our export. You know yep. how like other countries have like coffee and other things that are known as signature as their export, other nations? Mm-hmm. Well, our voice is our export. Yep. And when you think about it, like look, when you think about like how people like Muhammad Ali have influenced the world, it's our voice. Yep, absolutely. And so if we actually realize that we don't have to sell our voice, we can literally go to countries ourselves. We don't have to have Sony distribute our stuff. Go somewhere. Go try to find a way where you can start business. This is what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do we start businesses in Indonesia and Malaysia and South Africa and places where... Because remember, they love our style. Right. They're only getting it through, another, through a package that certain people are giving them, that the corporations are giving them, because we sell it to them. Exactly. Part of the reason we sell it to them a lot of times is because we're in poverty. And we're like, I need money. So yeah. I'm not even, I, I get even why that happens. But the point is, at some point, we got to realize that what we have inside that can't be duplicated is exactly, the world would, would love that. And we don't have to sell our souls to do it. That's the absolute truth. That's the absolute truth. Um, Brother Khalil, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, okay. we have to make sure, uh, I want to uh, make some time so we can also talk about your work as a filmmaker. Uh, you did okay. a doc- documentary uh, re, okay. Was it re-imaging Baltimore? Yeah, right? re-imaging Baltimore. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's critical because you're talking about right now is just re-imaging how we see uh, the creative process and how we right. can act. You know, so this is this is this is heavy stuff. All right. So Radio Slam family, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. This is Radio Slam on WCB 1450 AM. The Syrian Community Network with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, 
located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38, and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me... That meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Remember, folks, you can keep up with us on social media by following us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Islam USA. Like our page, follow us on Facebook at Radio Islam USA, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. Look for us at where? At Radio Islam USA. Okay, really simple. Um, our guest tonight is Khalil Ismail, um, artist, uh, filmmaker, uh, owner of a creative studio, KI Creative Studios. And I want to just because this whole idea of re imaging, reimagining uh, the possibilities as artists, this is something uh, I think that's, that's really critical. Um, you know, what, what our possibilities are. But you've done this, and, and you've done this in, in a different way. With this this idea of with film, the documentary reimaging Baltimore, and wow. so my my question is: was what was the what were you looking to get across with this uh, with this piece, and how did it come up? How did it come about? All right. So um, I've been working for the last three or four years with an organization called uh, Keys Development that basically 
uh, it's a psychiatric uh, rehabilitation um, organization that helps inner city youth and students mm -hmm. who are especially young uh, people under the age of 18 uh, change their life around, you know, if they're going through uh, issues uh, in the home, uh, don't have enough food, that type of thing, uh, parental dysfunction, uh, they go in and they help without, you know, medicating, using love, using um, spending attention, spending time and attention. Uh, I started working with them year, a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, to go back a little further, one of the things I've always been in, one of the other things I've always been is a nonprofit professional. Other than what I did musically, I've mm -hmm. been in the nonprofit world, in a world basically where, you know, you're trying to affect change within your community. Right. And one of the things I identify with uh, African-American organizations is that we're, we're, a lot of times we're really about to work, but we don't know how to tell our story mm -hmm. well. So people don't know that the story exists. People don't know how much we're doing within our community in our respective cities, how much work we're doing. You know, a lot of people talk about, for example, and people make this, this, this always make this issue about black on black crime and black on why we don't protest um, black on black crime and black on black violence. And I, I beg to differ. I say we absolutely do protest. We protest it with, with these, with programs like this, with action. We protest it with going in, going in and serving, serving communities, but we spend so much time doing so. And we spend so much effort doing so, and a lot of times we don't even want the credit for it, that the story doesn't get out. So the narrative or the story that's told when people watch the news is one thing, that we're killing each other, but there's nothing to counterbalance that. Right. You know? Um, and so uh, in me working with them, I wanted to take some of my filmmaking and put dedicated to helping tell, tell our story, tell that actually it's the opposite. We actually do more to reform ourselves. We're, it's just that we live in a world that's imperfect. No matter where you go, there's, there's crime, there's abuse, there's murder and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know of another, honestly, I don't know of other races or ethnicities who have the type of dedication to internal improvement mm -hmm. through organizations, through youth mentorships. Everywhere I go, every city I go, there's, there's, a, there's many organizations doing that. Right. But nobody ever talks about that as a type of protest. We got to remember, like we're com we're climbing uphill. We're climbing. We're, we didn't. We're we're climbing from a place where people have literally tried to in and intended to sabotage our efforts to keep our families together, to sabotage our efforts to grow our businesses. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, we haven't been perfect, but to say we aren't doing things or working, you know, I, you know, it's it's totally wrong. So a lot of what I did, a lot of the inspiration behind doing that, and I'm doing more. Inshallah, I'm working on an hour documentary with the same organization. Inshallah. is to show in a very professional way, in a way that competes with any documentaries that are out there, that, no, we are, you know, and it doesn't have to be named people, it doesn't have to be superstars or foundations. Right. There are regular people in every place working to change our condition. And we should know about each other. Maybe we can all help each other out a little more. Yeah, inshallah. You know, I think that that's critical. And what you just mentioned, the, as far as the media narrative is concerned, I mean, that's what it goes back to. Um, and there's a I don't know if it's a, a famous saying or something I heard somebody say, but it made sense to me. And it, mm -hmm. it basically goes, you know, uh, it's one thing what people say about you, uh, but it's another what you say about you. Right. And and we often parrot what we hear, the narrative right. that we hear in the mainstream media, which is all the more reason uh, to 
to make sure we're taking advantage of those spaces where we can get out messages, you know, in mass, where we can communicate with more than one or two people. Uh, and whether we do that in the studio, behind a uh, camera or a microphone, whatever, uh, this this area, this field is just is so important when it comes to to, to changing the narrative. Um, let me ask you, I, th I think you you may have answered but I'm going to ask this question just directly. Mm -hmm. This idea of doing good in, in secret that a lot of, <laughs> you know, that a lot, I think Muslims in particular, probably more yeah. so than any other group have, yeah, yeah. right? Do you think that has been at the, uh, at the, the, the center of, you know, of, of this lack of visibility? Um, um I don't, it's, that's a hard. That's actually a, a hard question because there is a there is merit to it. You know what sure, I mean? Is yeah. There is there is some good that comes out of doing good in secret. You know, sometimes because you know there, there's that test of the ego where you can also go to the other extreme where you, every time you turn around you got to take a picture of everything you're doing, your snapshot, and then you start asking yourself the question: Yeah, am I doing this for the snapshot or am I doing this because because Allah will be pleased with me? You know what I mean? Right. So it's a it's a fine line. It's a fine balance. I don't. It's a thing where it's so it's a good battle to have. Yeah. But we've got but we've got to look at our. I so I do think that that it, it there is some there's something to be said for the fact that we keep this in mind so much that we may be hurting ourselves. And I would say especially African American Muslims. I would say even mm -hmm. more so. Yeah. Because because um. We live in a world where nobody, like, you, if you don't tell your story, nobody knows you exist. It's like, like you know, the, the whole saying, if a tree, what, falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It does make a sound, but nobody knows it if they don't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? If they don't hear it, they don't, they don't know it if they're far away. And, that's, and the problem that we live in now, we live in a world now where... The way that we, the way that people support you is telling a story. So what you're doing, for example, mm -hmm. really important because you are you are one of those people who have become the, the, the storyteller. Mm -hmm. We need that. We have to have that. Uh, we have to have the broadcasters. And I think the way to solve that is is that the people who are doing the work maybe they don't tell their own stories. Maybe we maybe people like me and you. Mm -hmm. It's our job to then go. And make sure that those stories get told so that they feel like, okay, they, they're, they're not like trying to go off and do something that's going to hurt their ego, hurt right. their battle with their ego. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's, maybe that's they point. don't want to push, push themselves so much but that, but that we help by other people, you know, other people getting behind the cause and saying, okay, I know you're not going to say that, you know, you're doing this, but I'm mm -hmm. going to say it. Right. You know what I mean? Because it has to be, it absolutely has to be done. And I think about even the story of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When I think about how Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, how Allah brought the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam up before he was Muslim, mm -hmm. really what happened was he was setting the Prophet up for being Prophet long before he was Muslim. In that he was known as the, the trustworthy. Right. He was known as a great person, so that by the time he came out and said, "Hey, look, man, y'all got to believe something. I know y'all not really going to believe this, but don't y'all know me as a trustworthy?" Right. Right. Why? 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 Why did so many people? Why did the people believe him? Who they believe him? Because they, they if he said it, it must be true. Mm -hmm. Well, if he didn't have that reputation, if that wasn't the reputation that he had, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Mm -hmm. So I think of this concept in the same way. Whereas, if nobody knows you're doing good, 
then when you come and say, hey, this is my program, this is what I'm go- doing, everybody's like, okay, that's cool, but like, how do I know? Right. What's your reputation like, you like, know? You just started. And so, what you say? Like, you just started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. so I see a lot of that, and I'm like, that's where, that's where people in the media can help a lot. Because the media, when you put in, the, when you add the music and you add the art, because art is the way that you tell the story. I mean, for me, I tell people all the time, I'm an artist, but at the end of the day, all I'm, all it is, is my way of telling, uh, my way of expressing who I am. I'm not. An artist doesn't define me. I'm a, I'm a Muslim and a husband and father and all those things. Right. And art, art happens to be the way that I express. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so we, we, we have to get to the point where um, we are doing it, and we take, and we take it as serious as anything else, because any, any group that's trying to convey a message, mm-hmm. they are, they, they take the art as serious. That's why. When you look at these movies, why are they spending millions and billions of dollars? You got to spend a billion dollars to make a movie, right? But they know they got to get the light right. They know they got to get the sound just perfect. They know they got to get ten editors. You know, when you when you watch the um, the movie that we all love, the X, the Wakanda movie, man. Yeah. Look, yeah. man, that movie had a whole village. It took a village to make that movie. It if sure you look did. at the credits, why are they spending all of this money to make this movie? Because they know that all of it matters in how you perceive things. Right. So if we get this light right, if we get this sound right, we got to get this action right. We got to make it believable. All of that stuff, it plays into how they're going to affect your subconscious so you can come back and patronize them again. Right. And if we don't see that as important and for what we're doing, that's the language of today. The language of today is, is, the, is the cult, it's culture. It's cultural art. That's the way people convey messages today. If we don't see that as important, if we keep dismissing that as something that is like, you know, secondary or, you know, what, like, it's not as important as anything else that we're doing, like the lectures. Now, we don't need the lectures, but the cultural art and the way that we communicate to that is just as important today. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's and, how people listen. And the idea of, of, of influencing culture, right? right, this comes, this is directly, once again, it's tied, it's tied to the artistic uh, expression. Right. And when it comes to, and I really like that idea, right? Maybe, maybe a third party is the one that tells the story, but the story must be told because the end result is, you're looking, you change thinking, you change the outcome, which is what actions. Um, and yeah. if we're talking about really changing um, what people consider to be not just fashionable, right, but to be the norm. A, mm-hmm. a good example I like to point point at, uh, and it's in the news right now, LeBron with his I, 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 um, I Promise, right? Um, you know, the school. The great thing about this, right, he could have he funded this. He could have put it on and stayed in the background right. and never, never been out front, never been known for it at all. Right. But the power of him being associated with it and being the spokesperson for it is right. that it's going to now, you know, right. Shots fired. Now it's time for everybody else that's in a similar position as him. That's right. All these other, other athletes to take responsibility for the communities that produce them or the communities that they're, exactly. they can be in contact with. Exactly. Right. Yes. So that's that's one of the things that I think about because, like you said, I I struggle with this issue right when when I'm I'm doing community service or whatever, and but but the end result is we want to inspire other people yep. to take on their responsibility because like it takes it literally takes a village you know several villages, yeah you know, so yep. I think yep. th- that's awesome that uh, that you lent your talents to that organization 
Um, you said keys. Yeah, it's called it's called um, it's, it's called Keys and Powers. Like Keys and um, Powers. Website is keysandpowers.org. Okay. Um, keysandpowers.org. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you also about. Um, so outside of the documentary, you did a short film based on mm-hmm. a work by uh, Um Zakia, right? You yeah. directed the film, uh, His Other Wife. Yeah. Now, was this your was this the first time that you had directed um, uh, a, a scripted film? It's the first time that I directed yes a film where it's actually dialogue and that type of thing. Yeah, that was my first film where where that was directed. Yes. Okay, so I had uh, um, I had the opportunity to to watch it. You know, I really uh, really yeah. enjoyed it. Right, I really enjoyed Alhamdulillah. it. Alhamdulillah. So, are you looking to uh, expand on that and continue doing more uh, directing? You know, of this nature. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just you know, looking towards the opportunity, building my, my skills along the way and resources and that type of thing. But yeah, I want to I want to I want to compete, man. I want to I want to compete with anything that's out there. That's that's my goal eventually. And I want to do it with movie. I want to do movies and that type of thing. Okay. Cuz I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole process of directing. That was a really really good process. Um and um you know, I you know, that that right there is like it, it really I can really see how it impacts on people when, you know, people even when people get to see themselves in a certain way and or relate, it, it impacts how they even view themselves sometimes, you know. So yeah. I, you know, I like that. So definitely I absolutely intend to do more of that, inshallah. Now was that uh inshallah, was that was that uh Zaima who was reciting uh sort of to, uh, Duha? Yeah, that was Zaima. Yeah. Man, mashallah. Yep. Yeah, one yeah, one of the highlights of that movie was was that right there. Yeah, yeah. I was... But you know, even seeing like you know, like a lot of people don't know, like it's, even that you'd be amazed in 2018. A lot of people don't realize how many people, Muslim, African American, Muslim women who had who have the touch weed and everything. They don't yeah. just to just to show that mm-hmm. it changes literally people's perception of it. Like, they don't realize that we we have that in our community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another comes to mind is uh, Sister Anissa uh, Dewan. Um, yeah. But uh, and, you know, but right, we don't have to just pick off one or two. That is, yeah. you know, this is a uh, this is a fact, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Right, yeah, not yeah. A, not an exception. Right, um, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so as as a director, because that that takes a different eye, right, to bring somebody else's words um, to the screen. Uh, uh-huh. So I have a background in theater. Uh, okay. So I, you know, and as a matter of fact, this is funny. We were raised, I have four younger sisters. We were raised to watch television from a director's standpoint. Okay. Right. Right. Wow. But, yeah. but what, what, um, what, what I wonder for you is as somebody who's used to bringing their own, uh, thoughts and putting them in and creating right for yourself, what was the, what was, or was there a challenge in bringing to life somebody else's, uh, vision? Uh, um Zakia's vision. No, actually, it wasn't because I, I mean, in that way, I'm a personally, I am in that way. I, I'm, I love actually. I'm behind the scenes, and I can be both. I can move between being behind the scenes and being in front, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm comfortable in, in being. I, I might even be a little bit more comfortable behind the scenes. A lot of people don't, might not realize that, but I'm, I might even be more comfortable behind the scenes than the camera. So, it's not even though it was the first thing at time, thing I directed. I've been in video. Mm-hmm. I've been doing um, short form video and that type of thing probably ten years before that, right? Okay. So I, I have a comfort with um, I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy the process of watching actors, their personality come out. I enjoy the process of seeing other things, seeing things come to life 
that I believe in. So I actually enjoy it. So I actually know it was actually joyous, man. It was, it was, it was, it was fun to do. It was fun to have that, to, to do that. How long did that take to uh, shoot? Uh, we, we shot that in about, um, we shot that, we, we took three, like 18 hour days and shot and, and, oh, wow. and shot that. And then I shot some, we shot some little small stuff over the span of like a couple of days after that, but mm-hmm. it was like three 18 hour days. And that's why I had to be so short. Right. You know, we had a limited budget and I had to do like three, four different things. I was like, I ended up being a director. I was also edited the film and that type of thing. And, and so, and, and did a lot of the producing and that type of thing, just because of the budget. Right. But we wanted to do it right and that type of thing. So we said, instead of trying to make it this long feature length film with okay quality, let's make it a little bit better quality. Right. And, and, and do a short thing so we can show what we can do. Then as we move along, we try to gather resources. We say, hey, look, we've already done this. You know, this is just the beginning. Right, right. Well, and then also I think um, uh, the subject matter, right, marriage and, and, and losing yeah. a husband and, and healthy marriages, you know, keeping them together, I think that's that's a critical, that remains yeah. a, I think, almost a timeless, um, you know, a timeless yeah. uh, subject to, to go into. Do yeah, you think yeah. is is there going to be a and I'm hoping to have uh, Umzakia on uh, mm-hmm. sometime in the very very near future? But do you th- is there a possibility for that as a as a stage play, a full blown out stage play? Um, we'll see. I don't know about that particular one because to be honest, there was <laughs> a lot of people who were able, who didn't give the film a chance simply because of the title. Yeah. So they never even got to see it and see that it was you know that they thought it was just going to be a movie about promoting promoting Felicity. Car blanc or whatever. <laughs> so for for that reason, just the title, the title alone, is, yeah. you know, even made. If you watch, there's a behind the scenes that I have. You go to hohwmovie.com. Okay. There's a behind the scenes video that talks about what went on behind the scenes, and and then this was the only difficulty because, like, the reason we did that movie and now why we chose that topic was because Omzakia had literally done. So I work with Omzakia and I help you know manage a lot of her uh, stuff. So yeah. I, I um we literally had had a viral short story series that she did mm-hmm. where she had got her 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 website was going getting a million hits you oh, know wow. what I'm saying I'm because of the short story series um um that ended up turning into a book so we said let's actually make let's go further let's make this a movie mm-hmm. let's actually make this a short movie because people seem to really be interested in this particular topic yes but we changed but because the short story series had its own titles it was different. When we made that title His Other Wife, so many people made their own judgments about what it was, you know, um, that yeah. it became difficult business-wise, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest with you, it became difficult business-wise to move on with it. And so, you know, expanding it to a stage play and all that other thing, uh, if we did, we would we would name it a different, just from a business perspective. Unfortunately, so many Muslims are still immature in how they're dealing with the, that topic. Yeah. To be quite honest, mm-hmm. that that it you know that uh, it, it would almost be better to go on to do it and advertise it to non-Muslims business wives because you know there's a whole sisters wives business thing that goes on where they they that that show's been on for forever. That's true, and they're good. But for some reason, we we tend to be very immature when hearing that topic, and some of it has to do with some of the things that's happened in our in our communities before. Mm-hmm. But then some of it also is, is is willful willful immaturity. So. That's just a, to be honest. That's the reality of things, and based on that, we're we're moving on to something else. Umzakia has some other stuff she's writing. To be honest, it's so dope. Really, um, and it has to do with um, other relationships and stuff like that. And so it's still dealing with relationships, but the stuff she has, it's one thing that she's doing. 
where I feel like it would be a perfect movie. So I'm like, we might be looking at that. Um, she's really, really, really a good writer. Mm. And so, and her stuff is written in such a way where it's, you can see it as a movie. And so, you know, down years down the line, it's something that I'm looking at that she's doing now that I'm like, yeah, this would even be better than, than expanding his other wife. So we're going we're gonna to move. Right. We're going to continue to move with stuff, but we're just going to, you know, we've learned some lessons along the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and we're, we're going to move accordingly. Well, you know, uh, I'll say this last thing is that we just have to make sure that we we understand um, the demand, the demand factor. And we have to demand that we have representation. Right. We have yeah. to demand that, that our artists are there. And when they produce, we got to support. That's right. you know that's that's the bottom line. You you can't produce right. and then not have a have an audience that's going to uh, appreciate what right. you're doing. Um, right, 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 yeah. right. So yeah, um, and, and, and mm-hmm. in that way, you know, it's just you know it's it's an uphill battle. It's something we all have to band together and do because yeah, you know, the bottom line is is that one thing is you know that the media has that the mainstream media has done very 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 well is is um is if it's not legit, it's almost not legitimate if it doesn't come from them. Mm. Yeah, and ab- it's yeah, hard, absolutely. and we've got to figure out a way to, to turn minds and heads. And one of the big ways to do that is to be really professional and good with what we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's not just that; it's also mentality. You know, too. It's also a mentality and an, a willful need to support a will, a, a willful intention to hey, this, mm-hmm. these are local people, so let's make sure we support them because they don't have the resources and they're still trying to do it. Yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be another uh, hour long conversation right there. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I really uh, have appreciated, enjoyed talking to you, brother. Um, if you could give me a thirty second, because we are in the last few closing minutes, I don't want us to get cut off. Uh, just tell tell the Radio Sound family where they can keep up with you and find you on social media, websites, all that good stuff. Okay, so you can find me at KhalilIsmail dot com. That's K H A L I L I S M A I L dot com. Um, you can find my um, Instagram, Instagram.com slash Khalil Ismail, Twitter slash Khalil Ismail, um, Facebook Khalil Ismail, and YouTube Khalil Ismail TV. Um, and, then, uh, and, then, and then my website really houses, you know, all the things that I'm doing. I'm actually rebuilding it so there's some, it's not as, it doesn't have as many things on it as I want. Mm-hmm. But I'm also working on some other things. I'm working on um, how media affects relationships. And so I'm moving into I'm moving into a lot of new things, even personally, that will expand. Yeah, I'll still be using All right. the art. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut you off. I'm so sorry, nah, bro. No problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, right. and uh, continued success. Uh, Radio Sound family, we want to go ahead and thank our uh, engineers over at WCEV. Ramon, thank you very much. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. Uh, we're going to leave you now as we greeted you. Beloved family, assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.